Welcome to another episode of Roll or Die. Anton and I have got a mission to speak with all the Aussie female black belts. So today we have one of them for you. She is a pioneer of uh, Jiu-Jitsu in Australia. She's an OG. She's been to ADCC twice. She's won Nogi Worlds at Purple Belt. And she received her black belt, I think it was the end of last year or beginning of this year, Fee. She trains out of Courage Training Center in Townsville, and she is Fiona Muxlow. Thanks for joining us. Woo-hoo. Hello. Wow, what a mission! What was it like getting your black belt? Was that a, was that a, was that like like I don't know how I'm going to be when I get mine one day. But what was your experience? Well, like? it was it was kind of good because it was the sneaky one. Like we, some people get told they're testing for it and whatever. We didn't. We had. Um, Jake come over from the States who's one of our black belts um, over there and he came to do seminars and stuff and he was there for like five days of, and then seminars and basically the four nights leading up to the seminar four of the brown belts were awarded their black belt and I was the first one of the four Amazing. so and my coach is out the front doing this speech about when he was a young army bloke 17 years ago when he came to training and I kicked his butt and um yeah and he's like come get your black belt it's all online and I like swore and stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) and Fee can you tell Alice's how long were your brown belt for brown belt wasn't too long wasn't as long as I was purple belt I was purple belt for 11 years Mm. possibly 12 Mm. um brown belt I was brown belt it's written down over there. <laughs> I've written on a keychain with the little stripes. Um, but brown belt was about three years, like okay. yeah, I must be thinking of purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, was purple that I yeah. I had like purple. I did the world. Purple was when I was doing a lot of MMA fighting too. So I had I fought, I did worlds, I had time off. So even though it was like 11, 12 years, there was like a, a, a two or three year period that I wasn't training at all. I did have my gear in the car every single day, just in case I was going to step back on the mat. Um, and then one day I did, yeah. but yeah, it was so purple belt, took me purple belt for, I was purple belt for quite a long time, partly because, you know, the journey took me to the MMA side of things. And then the club that I was at, kind of disintegrated in the what does your cup mm. say sorry I'm di- being My distracted cup says, I'm not here to be right which is so ironic because like, <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> am here to be right I get distracted by things yeah. like rolling with people with tattoos I'm like oh look at pretty pictures <laughs> um up to yeah so I um my the club that I was training at, I just signed with Invicta, and then they decided they weren't going to do MMA anymore. Right. So I kind of packed my bags and went to Thailand and trained at Tiger Muay Thai um, and MMA for a bit, and then I had my some fights, and then I came back to Australia, and then I kind of wandered around for a bit, going from training, you know, three days, 
three times a day to maybe once or twice a week doing an open mat type of thing and just trying to find the club that would be right for me. Mm. Um, and also that, you know, I fought MMA. I um, fought at Worlds. I won Worlds. I came back and then I'm like, I've got nowhere to go. And it took me some time to actually step back on the mat and actually want to step back on the mat because I spent all this time and energy and then all of a sudden it was gone and it's mm. like, oh, what am I going to do now? Mm. And then find where I wanted to train and then I'd only go and train the no-gi days so I didn't have to put my belt on because it was like two, three years off. I'm like, I don't feel like a purple belt. I don't want to. And then um, training there and then being able to be confident to put my belt back on and remember like in, not necessarily be able to say what I'm doing but my body remembered what it was doing so and then doing that and then doing getting awarded my brown belt and then getting awarded my black belt and now I'm like doing teaching of the women's class at my gym and teaching the kids and maybe even thinking about getting back into competing Wow. Wow. First of all, I just love your authenticity. Like that is just so amazing to hear that story because that's so many of us, like maybe not as long in those gaps, but there'll be distractions. There'll be things that take us off the path. There'll be that, like that anxiety of coming back. There'll be all of these kinds of factors that really like all of us experience it in some form, I think, you know? Um, and then like what I'm, what I'm fascinated by is what, because most people come in through MMA, I find like UFC or whatever, according to our podcast data, and then <laughs> and then they get sick of getting punched in the face, so then they end up just doing jujitsu, right? So you kind of went the other way. You started off with jujitsu. What called you into MMA? What did MMA hold for you that wasn't there in jujitsu for you? Well, actually, when I first started, the club that I first started training in. Um, my first day of like real training, I don't class the Tai Chi I did in grade 11 and 12 as a relaxation thing as a, a martial arts, really. It wasn't, it was like a wellness course or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, the first club that I trained at was actually called Wrench and Count Ballet Tudo. So mm, wow. I do a third of the day with punching and kicking, a third, and then we'd have one session a week at the PCYC on the, the judo mats. Mm -hmm. So when I actually started, I started doing valetudo and mma with jiu-jitsu as part of everything wow so in as a white belt i fought um as a jiu-jitsu white belt i fought kyokushin karate i fought sombo i fought pancration what? What? um wow. for moving into the mma and yeah you get to the point where you're like i don't want to get hit in the head anymore i've had a few concussions not in the MMA realm, but just simply like riding my bike into the back of cars and stuff like that. And after a while, you're like, yeah, I'm going to save the brain cells that I've got left. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, for me, it was, but that was before, you know, my introduction to MMA was watching Pancras and the, the you know, with Ken Shamrock and the Moon Boots and mm. Larry Papadopoulos and mm. Shuto and Smack Girl. And that was before USC, before women were allowed to do the mm. USC. So my goal was always to fight in Japan. Everyone's like, oh, do you want to fight USC? It's like, no, I want to fight in Japan. I want to rise up out of the floor like Ensign Inouye. And um, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, that was like the first video I ever watched. Like we had a club night and we watched all these videos and it's like mm. him rising up out of the floor to I can't remember who he was fighting 
might have been Randy Couture. I don't know. It was a long time ago. All I remember was him rising up out of the floor and then his dog licking the blood off the mat at the end of the night. <laughs> wow. I'm sure you can find that somewhere. That <laughs> it was amazing. VHS tapes as well. That is, so that's how long ago it was. That is amazing. And for our <laughs> listeners, uh, Ballet Tudo is like, it's anything goes fighting, right? That's that's what yes. Ballet Tudo is. So it's like... Ballet oh. Tudo was basically, UFC is Ballet Tudo with rules. Even though it was yeah. um, billed as no rules, it was basically it, the grand part of UFC. Yeah, amazing. And Fee, you fought Chris Cyborg at Invicta? Yeah. Yeah, what so hell? Uh, can you tell us about that? What? Oh, I didn't tell you about that, Anton. Yeah. No. I should have entered, I should have introduced <laughs> you with nothing. that. But that's... She, she tells me nothing, and I like it that way. But you know, <laughs> it's like, these surprises are amazing. It is. Yeah. Um, and that... do you want to share your screen, Anton? Like, with uh, just Google that, and uh, yeah, we can. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Faye. Um, yeah, so basically, what was the question? I thought Chris Cyborg, I was yeah. her first fight back after her um, drug ban. Yeah. So basically, it was when I was um, training in Thailand at uh, Tiger Muay Thai, and it was just, it was freaky because we were going somewhere in Phuket, and we were going over the hills, and we were doing Thai style, and I'm like, I don't like this. I would rather be fighting Chris Cyborg. And then two days late, because I was supposed to fight Julia Budd, um, and two days later, I got an email saying Cyborg's opponent has pulled out. Would you like to fight Chris Cyborg? And it's like, what have I really got to lose? Maybe wow. my consciousness. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I trained up and I did that and stepped in the ring and um, I didn't tap. Big John had to stop it, but he stopped it. Big John if McCarthy. If you hadn't stopped it, I wouldn't have minded. But Big John McCarthy. It, like, I'm going to accept what the referee says. Yeah. I, I would have kept going if you hadn't stopped it, but who knows how bad it might have been after that. Wow. So yeah. you've also had Big John McCarthy referee a match of yours. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> and I fought, and I got to fight in Japan the fight before that. I fought Marlos Cohen, and I got to rise up out of the floor at Smarter Super Arena. <laughs> on the new year's eve show the dream so it was like oh. this is cool well i told I you i bring the ogs anton so please oh as OG as it gets wow you, yeah. you could be the ogest of the ogs like we've had other people on who've done some pretty cool stuff but wow you've done some cool stuff what, what's your what's your like like what's your what's your do you have a favorite memory of all of these do you have something that really stands out Oh. And it doesn't have to be big. It could be something little. But is there something that you just like have such fondness for that gets your hair standing on end? And it's fine if you don't. Um, that that whole rising up out of the floor in Japan that was that was pretty cool. Like, because I remember watching that the first time I'd ever watched videos, and it's like I want to do that one day. Um, <laughs> you visualize so it, like, and then it was happening. Yeah, well, that that was like. Tokyo Dome probably would have been, I'm getting goosebumps now, so probably fighting in Japan because that was something that for a long time, my goal was to fight in Japan, whether it was to get on to the Smack Girl promotion before that um, disappeared. But, you know, I had um, oh, so bad, Leanne. The, the announcer, that woman announcer, 
just oh just wow yeah. she said yes. my name she's amazing she's amazing yeah and, and wow. now i'm going to be really bad because i'm facebook friends with her and we chat all the time on it like, that's okay if you know name, 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 that's good you're so close it's like first name basis only that's why yeah <laughs> um but yeah probably that and the other thing that was really cool was like um when i was adcc the second time i was traveling with this little stuffed koala called walter he has a facebook page kim's met walter before yeah. he's still around he's sitting on my shelf over there yeah. um but i was rather than, oh i'm, I'm just sharing yeah, yeah, yeah. okay you're looking up my fight history um yeah, yeah. Yeah, so at ADCC, I didn't want to be like, oh, no, probably the funnest thing was after the first ADCC I went to in Trenton was our, us girls were mucking around afterwards in the ballroom that they had set up for warm-ups and that. We're just rolling. And next thing you know, Salo Rivero comes in and he's a little bit drunk because it was the after party. And he's like, oh, can I roll with you? <laughs> and I did this sweep on him. And he, every time someone came in, he's like, check out the sweep, this chick just did on me. And I'm sure he was very, very drunk and it wasn't the best sweep in the world, but it's like I had to do it like four times because he's like, check it out. So that <laughs> That's so good. Actually, that reminds me of a friend of, of Kim's and mine. His name's Brenton. He's a black belt. And he's known as the party grappler because every time he gets drunk, he just has to roll with everybody at the party. I don't know if he's still doing it. Now that. we have rules disallowing any grappling at parties <laughs> because of him, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Look at this fight record. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Fee. I glossed over your whole MMA career, didn't I? Because I guess we're more of a jiu-jitsu podcast, but... Yeah, you've definitely like put your stamp on MMA for Australian female Australians as well, as well as like your history. So, because when did you actually start jiu-jitsu? Can you tell us a little bit about the beginnings of like how you found it and? Yeah, basically. Um, oh, my aircon just turned on. Do you need me to turn no, that off? Fine, Can you hear fine. that? No, no, we're, good. we're down here okay. in Melbourne in the cold, so we're. Uh, <laughs> yeah. in the I know I need <laughs> I've got the doors closed so you can't hear the geese and the cows and that in the background. And the crocodiles. Um, I don't know what sound they make. Like yeah. 25, 26 degrees up here at the moment. That's winter in Townsville. No. Um, <laughs> so I started MMA. I started, like I said, I did some um, pancreas originally, and um, which is a Greek style of mixed martial arts, um, which allows the, the punching and kicking, and but there's certain certain things that you can do on the ground, certain things that you can't. Uh, and then I was um, approached by a promoter in New Zealand um, for a, a fight that they were doing in Princess of the Pain, which was a eight-woman tournament. So my what first year was this three, be? How long ago? That was before I won at Worlds. So mm -hmm. that would have been... Um, just before my first, just after my first ADCC experience. So, did you go to ADCC in 2005? 2007? When did you go? 2007, 2011. Oh, okay. So yeah. Yeah. I missed, there was a break in between. So, I think it must have been 2007 was my MMA start. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically, I went and I did, um, ADCC and then I trained at the Raw Centre with Rico Ciparelli and that for a bit. 
going back to heading into New Zealand to mm -hmm. go over for the first Princesses of Pain. Mm -hmm. And then the second one was like a year or so later, might have been two years later, and that was just a one-off fight because that was a um, – that was like a team event. So we had eight women from Australasia, so Australia and New Zealand in different weight classes mm -hmm. and eight women from um, the US, yeah. one of who was uh, Steven, Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, no, Amanda Lucas, George Lucas's daughter, um, who also cameoed in Star Wars movies for any Star Wars fans out there. She used to fight MMA. Um, she's had a baby since then I don't think she's fighting anymore but we I did that then I had a fight so after I'd had four fights I had my first fight in Australia which was on brace then I did just trying to work out the order whether I did brace for girls um and then I fought Danny Haywood and then I fought Marlo's Cohen and then I fought Cyborg mm. amazing yeah. I want to I want to quickly just like you can talk us through some of this but I just found all of these amazing photos of you. <laughs> so Okay. So that's what I was talking about with the screen sharing. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. like look at you. <laughs> you feel free to interject at any time but you are That was me trying not to get hit by cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> that one hurt. I remember that one going because the first thing she just came out and she just mm. bopped me on the nose. Yeah. And like this was my ninth fight. And it was the first time ever anyone had made me bleed in a fight. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What a shot. Yeah, she she's a bit of a freight train. Like mm. that fight, um, I was training with Roger Werther in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And because he's American, he doesn't understand kilos. And I was telling him my weight and he's like, oh, we need to do this and this to drop my weight. And then I was at the hospital getting my medical done and I came out and I said my weight and he's like, what do you mean you only weigh that? And I'm like, I've been telling you the entire time. <laughs> and so basically this morning of the weigh-in, if you go back to, I was fed, like I didn't have to drop any water weight. I was eating food to yeah. stay in the weight class. <laughs> um, yeah because I just got to the point and I really wish I was at that point right now. Uh, it just seems to be going up rather than down, but it's like, I had breakfast, I had lunch, we had the food weighed out, we had the water weighed out. It's like, and then cyborg, you can see she's dehydrated down. And the yeah. next day she was just like, oh. it was actually fun. We're sitting yeah. in there and they're doing that the entire briefing. And cause Roger hadn't been back in um, America for like five years or something. We're doing the briefing and next thing you know and you can watch this online big john mccarthy's swinging him because hey roger nice to have you back in the country or something like that it was yeah. just it was that one these ones are japan um with marlis conan um i take um solace in the fact that her knee that she need being in the head with was still sore a month afterwards because i saw wow. her at invicta and she told me wow hard head so you, yeah wow <laughs> So you need her and she was still sore a month later. No, no, she needs no, she needs she need you. All oh, right, right. Oh, yeah. that's a nasty My head's number. pretty hard. But <laughs> <laughs> like she did end up getting me with the armbar. Yeah. Speaking of injuries, um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think you're probably like the definition of resilience in terms of mm. you know, keep going through 
in the jiu-jitsu journey despite injuries? You've had a few. Can you share with some of our listeners about your injury journey? Yeah, um, basically every 10 years, my body decides that I only need one knee and it decides <laughs> to um, pack it in, break. So the first two years was as a white belt, um, I was playing guard and with another white belt and he had his arm in a certain position and then kind of jumped around past guard and snapped my ACL. Um, not my ACL, sorry, my MCL, but I didn't do any meniscus damage or anything like that. So, um, and that was supposed to, that was a broken finger actually was what put me like back six months for starting to compete. And then I did that with um, Kevin and we, um, it snapped it and I went to walk off the mat. My legs like wobbly like this and it's like, uh, and then about, about 10 years later, I was competing at the Abu Dhabi Pro Trials. And um, one of the girls from New Zealand went to do this judo throw on me and I counted, but the mats were really new and slippery and my foot went out and my knee went straight down. So I did my ACL again a second time. That was, oops, low battery. Sorry about that. Let me plug plug you guys in um, so we don't die halfway through. And then, um, so I busted my knee and that I was supposed to go to... um, Pan Ams, I tickets booked and everything for that, and then I had to, you know, ring it up Jess Fraser at the time, going, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I switched my ticket to the Worlds, and that was the year I got um bronze in the gi at the Worlds as purple belt. Um, I'd only just come out of my knee brace leading up into that, so I was all like taped up and everything, and then. In November 20, what is it, 2023, November 21, no, September 21, I was training and one of the big guys that I don't usually train with, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work resisting um, guards and, and sweeps and stuff like that. And I have my knee in the wrong position. It just slipped even worse. Oh. And this 100 kilo guy came down on the side of my knee um because the, the standing part you know where you get knees in the butt and you shake it down he just came down it just went crunch and Ooh. I did my ACL my MCL my meniscus <laughs> I had a compression fracture in the bone um went to the hospital in an ambulance sucking on the green whistle and all that um drove home the next morning though um I have a manual car <laughs> <laughs> um but I was just really lucky in that because I'd done my MCL twice before, um, I'm like Googling what are my exercises to do for rehab for that. Didn't want surgery. Shit, scared of surgery. Put me in the ring with cyborgs. That's fine. Put me under anesthetic. No mm. way. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I ended up on the waiting list because I still don't have private health. I probably should get that to the hospital, but ended up on the waiting list for surgery, went to the physio, started doing rehab on it, was back on the mat about nine weeks after doing it. Um, Just rolling, like rolling from back and rolling from side control. And luckily because I'd injured the same knee twice previous, I had movement patterns that I knew was safe for me to do like certain positions I could do and they wouldn't hurt other positions. It's like holding mount on someone who is quite a lot 
thinner than me, I couldn't do that because I put too much weight on the knee joint. Whereas if I roll with someone who was slightly bigger and it's like, well, if they get me into guard, I can play guard or then I can stop and go back and just work the things that I could let someone get back control and just work on my defenses for back control, not necessarily escapes to start off with. And then by about six months, six months in, I'm like, I kind of don't want surgery because I was back doing everyday stuff normally mm. about nine months in it's like I definitely don't want surgery I don't think I need it and 12 months in I had a updated MRI done and the ligament had actually fused back together how cool so, is body Woo. Um, but I, I have had lots of ligament damage throughout my career like I had my elbow popped at worlds as a purple belt um because I didn't tap and I was going to tap and then the pain stopped so I kept going and it turned out the pain stopped because she ripped the ligament um I know all about that sorry. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> <here>. <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah I'm almost gonna tap and then it stops hurting you're like well I won't tap I'll just keep going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, went and, I went and played on trapeze the day after that you know oh my God. and it wasn't until I got back to Australia and I'm holding this you know, 8,580 gram tin of tuna in the supermarket line. I'm like, I couldn't hold my arm up in my bicep curl. It's like, I might go get that looked at. Wow. Um, so, yeah, different things healing up, but that also means that arthritis tends to jump into other bits. So if uh. things heal really well, there's always <laughs> something on the other end. But, um, yeah, so I did that. That was September. And then I was awarded my black belt in November. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So what, What? I mean, just going kind of to wrap, because we've got like six minutes left, six right? Minutes. But I'm really keen to know. Sorry. No, no, it's great. No, that's why you're here. I rambled. I rambled. No, 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 not at all. I'm hanging on every word. You're a machine. Um, Like what drives you to compete? What drives you to get in a, in you know, in, in a ring or whatever with Cyborg? to compete in jiu-jitsu, like to continually put yourself in harm's way. Like what, what's driving you? What what started driving you? What still drives you? Um, Maybe I'm a little bit of a bully. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a good way. No, I, it's a good way of expressing yourself, you know. It's a way of challenging yourself, but it's safe because, you know, the fact I had stepping in the ring and then I'm like, well, my referee is going to be big John McCarthy. I know he'll keep me safe. Hmm. You know, um, same as jujitsu, it's a safe form. It's play fighting. Hmm. There, there's that safety. Um, like one of our guys was training for a fight and turned up at lunchtime bus. It was me and two other guys. And it's like, well, can you put the gloves on and just try and bash, like try and hold me down and guard? And I'm starting to do it. And it's like, you know what you're doing? Because he's never seen me fight because I, he started training after I stopped fighting. He's like, you hold me down and punch me. People either do one or the other. It's like, mm. you know what you're doing. It's like, yeah, I can't help you with the stand-up stuff, but I'll help you with this. Um, cool. So it's just fun. Mm. Is that a bad answer? <laughs> you're doing it just because and now, it's like, fun. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you get to a point where it's like, okay, I'll, you know, ego's a big bit right at the start and you don't mm. want to lose. So there's all that as well, which is probably the whole, like, getting my arm broken because I didn't want to tap. But um, 
after a while, like you can do jujitsu, you can do it till you're old, you mm. know, pick your training partners, be smart about it, know your limitations, push them on occasion. But it's like, I know for me now, inverting isn't really something that I wasn't really something I ever did, but you know, I've got injuries and stuff where I work a different game. And that's the thing about jujitsu. You can work the game that works for your body, mm. you know? Yeah. So, um, and I'm just lucky with the injuries I've had, I've kind of been able to modify my game and I can kind of tell what injury I have with the, how I do this path because of when I learn it, <laughs> this bit of my body didn't work. And this, so sometimes yeah. I'm left-handed and sometimes I'm right-handed and it's not because I'm left that or right-handed. Me, that reminds just, me of a tree with like bark, you know, when a tree gets damaged and it impacts the bark and then you look, you can look yeah. at the tree a thousand yeah. years later and you can see the life of this the tree. storms and where bits are broken off. No, no, that's so right. what you're that's saying is I'm an old tree. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But in an old tree, you're younger, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're younger than us, Fee. You're still younger than us. I'm young with the snappers. I'm 50. Uh, really? I'm 48. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I am younger than you. I'm 46. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We'll, we'll be, we'd change your nappy. You could be our child. <laughs> uh, two years, not quite. Two years. But <laughs> one of my favorite things to do is when people come to jujitsu and, you know, I'll roll with them or whatever. And they're like, oh, how long have you been doing this? And now I can just look at them and say, longer than you've been alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Yeah. I found a photo the other day of me back in 2000 when I moved to Melbourne. Um, on the way to Melbourne, I stopped in in Sydney because it was the Sydney Olympics and Randy Couture and Dan Henderson were there as mentors for the, um, the American Olympic team. And I did a seminar with them. And I've got this photo and it's like, 23 year old me and it's just like so and this was before he started MMA because I got to watch him learn how to kick from Cameron Quinn it was do a a kicking session with Cameron Quinn so there's all the all these OG names that it's like when when things were little you know like going to um going and doing my CrossFit certification when I won ADCC because it was a trip to the states and it's like get me on this course and no, that's one I paid for, but John Hackleman was there. So uh, Chuck Liddell's coach and I got to go and train at, at, at their gym. So it was, there's, there's stories. There's lots of stories. You're going to have to come yeah. back on actually. We do. We haven't even good. talked about the CrossFit either. So yeah, there's, no. there's a whole other episode here that we could definitely do. So thank you so much for giving up your time for you. It took us a little while to get there. Anton, you don't know, I've been trying to do this for probably six months with Fee. We finally probably, yeah. started happening. So right. thank you so much again. We'll have this episode out. It'll be a couple of weeks because we've got a few others kind of um, banked up. But when we That's do, okay. if you could um, share it on your platform, on your social media, that would be really awesome. Help us grow our audience um, up in Townsville and, yeah, throughout Australia. So thank you so much once again. And, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you back on the mats. Hopefully come back and compete, Fee, so that we can uh, yeah. have, oh, your, yeah. have your goodness. Coming out like watch you in action. I really do. Take care. <laughs> Thanks a lot. See Thank ya. you. Bye. Bye.